0: This is the seventh installment of the series of stories I've been telling about Derek, an old boyfriend from the 70s. This one is called On Sunset. When you hear Sunset Boulevard, you think of the Strip, the section of the boulevard that curves along the northern ridge of West Hollywood, snaking its way down Sunset from the Chateau Marmont, La Cienega, to Doheny, past the clubs that in 1973, I'm still a year too young to get into, and I'm too chicken to have a fake ID. The Comedy Store, The Rainbow Room, Gazzari's, The Whiskey-A-Go-Go. But Sunset doesn't stop at the Strip. Sunset straightens up and leaves the Strip behind when it comes to Beverly Hills with its mansions and maids waiting for the eastbound bus that takes them home at day's end. The road winds westward past the pink Beverly Hills Hotel where stars and convertibles turn in for drinks at the Polo Lounge, slides past the edge of UCLA, where I'll transfer to in another year, swoops over the 405, beyond Bel-Air, and finally deep into the comfortably upscale neighborhood of Brentwood before it twists and curls its way down to the Pacific Ocean. That's the sunset I know best, the portion south of the 405, driving round the bends on warm summer nights in Derek's GTO. Something isn't right. We're deep into that comfortably upscale neighborhood of Brentwood, on our way to a party at a friend of Derek's, but he looks away when I ask him, what friend? Whose place? You'll see. Like the location of the party is suddenly a surprise, a secret he's guiltily guarding. We sit at the light at Sunset in Kenter. It's so quiet along this stretch of sunset. Except for one understated motel on the corner, there's nothing but houses and trees all around that the clicking of Derek's left-hand turn signal is like the ticking of a cartoon time bomb. It's so loud it blocks out knights in white satin playing in the background on Derek's 8-track tape player. Derek slowly makes the turn, then pulls over to the side of Kenter and parks. Are we here? I don't see or hear a thing. No lines of parked cars indicating a party. No house alive with music and raucous laughter. Just darkness and a hush. So where's the party? Shh Derek takes my hand. It's here, but we have to be quiet. He leads me past some bushes down a driveway. Looking around I see where the party is. It's the motel. Derek is taking me to Derek is taking me to a motel, and the party is us. He takes a motel key out of his pocket, a blue plastic diamond shape with the number on it in white, and he makes sure we're in the right spot. All the rooms looked like little cabins, the kind of place I stayed at with my parents when we drove up the coast of California through Oregon and Washington to Canada. I've never been inside a motel room with anyone but my parents and my brother and sister in my entire life. Derek pushes open the door and steps aside to let me in. I half expect him to pick me up and carry me over the threshold, but he doesn't. Inside is an ordinary room, a double bed, a dark red spread. On the pillow, a matching red rose. One gently glowing lamp on the bureau lights up the motel's plastic ice bucket with a bottle of champagne in it. It's cheap stuff, Andre. The champagne we drink at my house every holiday. Laughing that it tastes like a fart, but drinking it anyway. A couple of plastic-clicked-together champagne glasses are set out next to it. When did you do this? I find that I'm as blown away as if you would strewn a thousand red rose petals in a path from the car to the bed or hired a pilot to write my name in the sky. Is it okay? It's more than okay. And I closed the door behind him. Thanks for listening. See you next time.